0: Thanks for checking out the Tennessee Holler Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Subscribe to and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com to help us fearlessly yell the truth about Tennessee. And be sure to subscribe to the growing family of Holler Podcasts while you're there. You can also follow the Holler on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the TN Holler.
1: Tennessee. 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 Tennessee 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 Lord, I really been real Hi everybody. I hope everybody's doing all right. Welcome back to another Tennessee Holler Facebook Live interview. We're at TNHoller.com, at the tianholler on Twitter and Facebook is where you can find us. Follower the Holler. Also, follow all of these hollers. We're all throughout the state now, Memphis, Perfreesboro, Cookville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, Harrogate, Tri-Cities, and we even have one in West Virginia. That's all because you guys have been so supportive. We really do count on you. So chip in if you can. A few bucks a month goes a really long way. We really appreciate it. Make it 10 bucks a month or more. We'll send you one of these pretty cool holler hats. Keely, I'll get you one of these if you want one.
0: Just oh, I do. Me, and I'll Give me your address.
1: Meeting- Oh, appreciate it. No, but you get one. Thanks for being here. Before we get into like the college dem stuff and the delegate, first of all, you were a Biden delegate. How was that experience? Tell us about that real quick.
0: Okay. So obviously I was pretty upset that it wasn't in person, uh, mainly because I wanted to meet Al Gore because he's my hero. And secondly, um, I think if I wouldn't have done the roll call, it definitely would have been a different experience considering that was like my favorite experience ever. But uh, I, I think it went well.
1: Yeah. Where was it? Where did you do it?
0: I was at the Hermitage Hotel in Nashville.
1: Okay. That was in Nashville. All right. Well, so that segues us into your boy Joe Biden last night was at a debate and it was one of the most horrific experiences, a debate watching experience that I think any of us have ever had. I mean, I'm a little older than you. I've never seen anything like that. I know that everybody has to be pretty shocked by what they saw last night. I mean, I think the big thing that jumps out was his refusal to condemn white supremacists, right? So let's go ahead and watch that moment happen and just kind of process it. It was absolutely ridiculous.
0: criticized the, the vice president
1: for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing right. extremist groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, but do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, Can't do not it. from the Immediately right so wing. You you like I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a White name. Supremacist right right like me White proud supremacist and right supremacist. White supremacist and right Proud boys, stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what. Stand you what. back and stand Someone by. Anyway, we all saw what happened. He kept trying to deflect to the left. Keely, you know, I'm older than you. I've never seen anything like it, but nobody should be surprised by this at this point, right? I mean, this is what this guy does.
0: Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I think he kind of definitely like feeds into it and it's just, it's really, really sad. I was talking this morning. I was just like, I think it, this is not a good time to be a black and brown person in America. Like imagine just like kid, children are watching this and this is the president of the United States um, failing to condemn white supremacy. I think that's awful,
1: awful. Right. Yes. Our children are watching. I think that is the big thing that we have to remember. And it wasn't just that moment. I mean, he was, he obviously had made a point coming into the debate that he was going to try to interrupt Joe Biden as much as possible. He wasn't going to respect the decorum, the rules. And it just, you couldn't help feel like, feel I felt sad watching it because it was like, this is where our country has come to. This is how far we've fallen. Not surprised at all. Anybody who's been paying attention had to be expecting something like this. This is what he wants My general feeling is he isn't trying to win this election anymore. I think he knows that the results aren't going to be in his favor. He's trying to steal it, and he's trying to do that by calling into question the election results. He's going to try to say that he won on election night, even though there's going to be millions of outstanding ballots in swing states. Uh, What is the sense that you have? I mean, your perspective as a college Democrat, as a young person, Do you think that people are listening to him when he tries to question the results of the election or do you think people see through the ruse?
0: I mean, you know, I would like to say that people see through it. And I think that people on our side definitely do. Um, But as we found last night, like I just think that Trump supporters just have a way of like, You know, like I always think about that quote that's like he could shoot someone in like the middle of Manhattan and people would still like him. So I think like that just rings really true today. Um, I think people, they want to believe whatever they want to believe and nothing can change that sadly. So I kind of think that like, just, I mean, he said, he said it, that he won't like re- accept the results of the election. which like, It's just, it's terrifying. You know, it's like, I wish that I could say that something will surprise me at this point, but it's like nothing really will anymore, which is kind of sad. Uh, but I, I just think that we just have to really push to people to vote early in person, honestly, um, if right. they can safely.
1: Right. Voting early and in person if they can. I think are the things to be focusing on but it's you know it's really a, a scary thing to see how willing he is to take it all down with him I mean he is ready to take the whole thing down behind him he doesn't care what he leaves he only cares about himself you know the proud boys immediately put this up they were very excited about what he said you know and and Tennessee has more than our share of white supremacist events here I think something like of all white supremacist events in America happened in Tennessee in 2018. So there's a heavy presence of this stuff here. And it's just time to figure out what side we're on. I mean, he's trying to win back suburban voters, suburban women especially. And he's got white supremacy tweets trending on Twitter for all the wrong reasons. He's got people like David Brooks, pearl clutching, saying they're the most horrified they've been in their career. I mean, he's a pretty conservative guy. And then I just also wanted to flash this from Charlene Oliver who runs the Equity Alliance, which I'm sure you're well familiar with. She said, there is no middle ground in this election. There is no centrist, no one undecideds. Either you're a racist or you're not. You care about black lives or you don't. Either you believe in all things decent, moral, righteous, and humane, or you don't. There's nothing else to debate. I'm voting for survival. So if your lukewarmness is rooted in trying to justify your alignment with whataboutism, we can't be friends in real life. And she basically said she doesn't understand anybody undecided. Do you see where she's coming from with that?
0: 100%. It's like, at this point, so I was I was listening to like a podcast this morning that was basically saying that the number of undecided voters at this point is very, very small. Like, of course, some, you know, like some swing states and stuff still probably have some people that are undecided. But I'm like, if you do not have an issue that you care about right now at this point with everything that's going on, like you're not paying attention or you just are blind. Like, I, I don't really know how else to put it.
1: What do most of the college Dems care about?
0: Um. So I personally, I'm a big climate voter. I always have been. That's how I got into politics. So that's something that's really important to me. Um, and I think we care about, well, obviously a big thing is like uh, student loans and like just education in general. And then obviously like given the current circumstances, the pandemic and, uh, um, and race relations.
1: My age people, like I, I know some Trump people. I have some neighbors. It just feels like we can't even really have a can't even agree on basic facts to discuss. Mm -hmm. Is that how it feels with people your age? Like, is there a better uh, bridge to communicate between yourself? Like, do you talk to college Republicans? Do you talk to college Independents, undecideds, or is everybody in their corners?
0: I think it's a little bit of both. So I do have friends that are Republicans, um, definitely not like huge Trump supporters, but like people that I've just been friends with for a long time. Um, and then secondly, I, I just, like I said, I was doing an interview with someone from college Republicans at this uh, this morning and it was just, it was very difficult. Like I, I just, I'm a very nice person I would say. And like, it's just hard for me to just see people just be so mean and like all of the time and i don't know like this morning i just got really really upset like watching like re uh, retakes from the debate uh particularly about the part about Beau biden um i'm like his son is dead and like what trump said about that like i just i started crying like when i was doing my makeup which is a really an opportune time to cry but i was just like it's just so sad it's like you say that you're pro life and like you do all of this stuff and his followers you know like they love to say that and play like the jesus card but i'm like this man is awful. He's an awful person. And I'm like, he just, he has no regard, no regard for human beings in general. And it's, it's awful. I hate it.
1: I don't think there's, I don't, I don't think it's possible to overreact to this. So, you know, I, I share your sentiment. Uh, and, and as much as I, like to talk about policy stuff and i think it's important and you know i think we need a clear to me progressive agenda to get people excited and voted and mo- voting and motivated there is something that sort of ties those things together but also rises above this that i think you're touching on which is decency and you know biden definitely exemplifies decency he he has empathy you can see that he feels it i could even feel last night as this was happening like he was sad that it was happening You know, like he, he had to power through it and do what he came to do and be strong. And, you know, he's definitely older and probably took a lot of energy for him to do that. But you could also see that as it was weighing on him, the way that Trump was dealing with him, the way that Trump was being such a bully and so insensitive and just vile, he's a vile human being. And so, you know, I I think the decency thing is, is really something that we need to get back to. And. I just worry that it's, it's not easy to repair that. So, you know, wh- what, what do you say to people who aren't college Dems when you're trying to talk to them about becoming one or, or at least believing, or, or, you know, wh- how, what's, what's the entry point?
0: Um, I mean, for me, it's easy. Like I definitely like looked into uh, any college that I was going to if they did have a college stem chapter. But I, there's just so many benefits, honestly. Like whether it's networking, whether it's meeting people that are just like minded, or um, getting out the vote initiatives. I just think there's so, so many good reasons to be involved and just to be civically engaged and active on campus. Uh, it's definitely made my college experience 100 times better and probably been like a big highlight of it. So I would recommend it to anyone.
1: That's awesome. I have to admit, when I was your age, I ran for Congress in 2018 here. Uh I voted for you. Oh, I appreciate that.
0: I was from oh, your Clarksville, seven. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're in
1: Clarksville. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Clarksville. Uh but when I was your age, I was not involved at all. Like I cared. I watched the Gore Bush election, but I didn't actually get involved. So I appreciate that at your age, you're involved in doing this. And I definitely, you know, let us know how we can help get the word out ever about what you're doing. Corey Clem, who seems to be a fan of yours says, what was the best line from last night's debate in your opinion? Uh, I'll ask you second. I'll go first. One one of the lines that I thought was a, a good line was when Trump said that Biden called him xenophobic and racist for like cutting off China right as the pandemic was happening, which he didn't do, but Uh, and Biden sort of under his breath said that had nothing to do with the pandemic. I thought that was a really good line and kind of a throwaway line. Was there anything that stuck out to you?
0: 100%. Mine was the just shut up, man. Like I was ordering that t-shirt.
1: Yeah. Just shut up, man. Like just shut up. You know, he called him a clown. He kept looking at the, at the, uh, viewers and saying like, do you believe this guy? Like using them as a friend, which, you know, again, Trump can't do because he can't, Humble himself enough to actually need the people. Uh, Biden has that humanity that's really important. You know, I I supported Bernie in the primary openly, but I, I think Biden really does have some some empathy and and a humanity that is so sorely needed right now. Corey, feel free to write what your favorite line was from last night. It's it's just there was so much ugliness that it's hard to even remember anything but the ugliness. Uh, and then you have, of course, people like Tim Burchett, who is a congressman here in uh, where you are, and he says, "Debate, you bring your side, I'll bring mine, and we both leave thinking we won." I mean, that's the thing. Like so many people, it just doesn't even matter what happened. Trump even put out an email before the debate happened, saying, "I won the debate before it had even happened." So, like, what are you going to do
0: to the election? Yeah,
1: exactly. So we're we're in a sort of a post-truth era. Uh, are there any campaigns specifically that you're excited about that are going on throughout the state right now?
0: Yes. So of course when you brought up Tim Burchett, so vote for an A. I'm super excited about that. Uh that, Royals, we should yes.
1: say. Yes.
0: Yes. And then um, so Gloria Johnson, I'm always a big fan of her. Uh pretty much honestly all of them. I'm really excited to see and particularly I guess like in Redder counties. I'm really excited, you know, in counties that traditionally do not even have Democrats like on the ballot. Uh I, I'm excited, and for the, like the bravery of those people uh, to run in those districts, so people like you know me or something can have someone to vote for. I think that's great.
1: Yes, we, it's really important for people to run, even in the districts where the, it's an uphill battle, because it helps people come out to you know to find the people that are like them. When I was running in Tennessee or in TN seven, you know, obviously Clarksville and and Williamson County were their own thing. And there were, there were people there, but in a lot of the districts that I would go to, you know, people hadn't seen a Democrat in years and didn't even know that, you know, their, their neighbors were Democrats or people would put outside. So it's important for people to find each other because then they can have something to latch onto and, and dedicate energy to and volunteer. Uh, so, you know, it's really, like you said, important. And then Marquita's, uh uh candidacy is a huge thing for Tennessee. Has that, made any waves in Knoxville? Have you seen people getting excited about her campaign?
0: Yeah, no, I think we're all really excited about her campaign. And um, like she did come here, uh, but it was the same day as our Tennessee College Democrats convention. So I couldn't go, but um, yeah, no, she's great. And I'm really excited, especially from like a climate perspective. I'm just really excited about her candidacy.
1: Good. Yeah. She has a thing this Sunday that everybody should know about. Sarah Silverman's involved. They're doing a fundraiser for her uh comedy community fundraiser online. So that's something that people should give to and get involved with. You know, her her being a progressive black woman, centering climate, winning a primary in Tennessee is a really big deal. And uh she's starting to get shout outs from people. Uh Sarah Silverman I saw, but there were there are others that are starting to take notice. I think uh there there were some big name progressive people that are that are trying to help her out. So I would love to see it. I'd love to see her do some debates with Haggerty. I keep saying because he, you know, won't. I think he won't do it. I know. But, like, even in a sense, like Marsha Blackburn debated Bredesen. If he can, she can debate Bredesen, Haggerty should be able to debate Marcia, Marque, Marquita. Uh, I, I don't know why there's not more of a push for that. But anyway, so I just, you know, I appreciate you coming on here, talking to us. Tell us, like, just what, what, how can people get involved? And, you know, what are some ways that the college Dems are, what are some things you guys have coming up?
0: Sure. So definitely follow, like, our socials. That's where we kind of, like, put out most of the things. But I am really excited uh, to work with our newly elected executive board. And we we have a lot of cool things coming out. So we're using Outvote to kind of do, like, peer-to-peer texting and, like, to get out the vote, I guess, really until October 5th. So um, that's something that's really, I think, like, a big part of it, just because it is so different this year, just because, like, College Dems, like, we organize, like, on college campuses and, like, obviously we can't do that. Uh, so that's a big thing. And we're also just going to try to do like a lot of like voter information. So like, not just, um, registering people, but like how to request absentee ballots, like how to, um, do all of that stuff, like just to get people to the polls. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find like the, (laughs) what do you think about the fact that
1: you can vote with a gun ID in Tennessee, but not a college ID?
0: I can't say that I'm surprised. Like, <laughs> I don't know, it's crazy. And speaking of that, uh, we're also like pushing for, um, so at least at UT, we have early voting at, on campus for four days of early voting. So on Friday, we're trying to really push for all days to have uh, early voting at Thompson Bowling. I think that would make it really cool for students. and. Uh, secondly just having polling locations like on every campus I think is super important you know right. uh, but I think you know they have a reason why there's not because they know that <laughs> the
1: college right they don't want to be voting
0: yeah which is really
1: target is the king of voter suppression and you know they don't want you guys voting that's the bottom line
0: oh it's really sad and, and I've talked to him before and like he's he's kind of like I don't know like he denies it but he's just kind of, an asshole no he's Relax got that, thing that all the
1: Tennessee republicans have which is like you know they're so nice to you in person but really you know it's not about being nice in person it's about the things that you believe in the things that you do and they're clinging to power every possible way they can and they're you are what they're afraid of you know your generation maturing getting older running for office taking over the sooner that happens the better so you know I'm, i'm appreciative that you're in the fight doing what you're doing keep standing up uh, and, and, you know, people need to realize that that white supremacy thing that happened last night, that's not a fluke. You know, this is Roger Stone with the Proud Boys throwing up the Proud Boy OK sign. There's Trump doing it. People would try to tell us that that's not what he's doing there. I don't believe him. Stephen Miller doing the same thing. So this white supremacy footsie that they're playing is not an aberration. This is who they are and who, but Antifa is. Is who
0: we should be afraid of. Right.
1: right. <laughs> yeah. As Antifa, <laughs> like, does they have any kind of presence in Knoxville?
0: See, I don't think it exists. Okay, I'm sorry. But like, it's more like, literally, like his FBI director said that it is more of an idea than an actual like group or organization. People are dumb and they're right just keeps pushing that. And I'm like, okay, can we talk about the fact that we're in the worst economy since the Great Depression and that so many people have died from Coronavirus? I'm like, There are other things we could be focusing on besides diverting from every possible thing that Trump says or does. Um, yeah, it's a business. Antifa
1: is it's their excuse for clinging to power, for clamping down, you know, that it's their red herring. So that's why they're so committed to it. But I completely agree, it is more of an idea than a group. There are people that consider themselves Antifa that run these social media accounts that show but their main thing is that they hate racists. That's what Antifa really does. They try to dox racists. They try to expose them, make them lose their jobs. They go into these good, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, we've actually had some interactions with Antifa people that have sent us stuff saying, "Hey, look at this racist in Tennessee." There was a public defender in Cleveland, Tennessee, a public defender who had an, an anonymous account that he was running, being racist, like openly racist, blatantly racist, and then a public defender that's supposed to protect and defend you know, black people who are accused of crimes, and he was on Twitter being like, you know, saying awfully disgusting racist stuff, and we helped expose him. That's that's a lot of what Antifa does. The violence in the streets, nobody condones the violence. I'm personally not convinced
0: even, even Biden. Been, Biden doesn't, like he said he's against it.
1: Right. And and I, I do think that this narrative has been set up by, you know, white supremacists going in, starting these fires a lot of the time, instigating violence. And so that Trump can stand up there and be like, look at the violent BLM protesters in Antifa. I mean, it's all part of the same thing, you know, so, and it's worked to some extent, but hopefully not enough. And we're going to learn more about that on November 3rd. (coughs) Keely, thanks for doing what you're doing. Stay in touch. Uh, Definitely. You know, we do a holler hour on Tuesdays and Thursdays, jump in with us sometime and talk about some more stuff. We're Hands also up. doing
0: endorsements. I want I, I really to oh, say that. I'm excited about that. We're going to be rolling that out pretty soon.
1: All right. Well, let us know about that. Send it of to course. us. And we will see everybody tomorrow for our hollow hour at Thursday, 2 p.m. Thanks, Keely.
0: Thanks for having me on.